RadioInfluence.com. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. If you have not listened to this podcast before, this is America's Best Friend, starring me, Jen Frederick. Jen Fred, or the person most likely to eat a whole box of mac and cheese. Way to go, Jen! Carving out! Um, Today, we're talking with one of my favorite people. I do believe it is a fact that she gave birth to the booze popsicle. It is Kelly Heverly from TheSuburbanSoapbox.com. Big round of applause for people listening, wherever they are. Kelly, what is up? Hey, how are you? I'm good. Is it true that you gave birth to the booze popsicle? Possibly. Possibly. (laughs) I would like to agree with that statement, but I'm sure there's lots of people that'll be out there a bit like, no, I did it. I did it. I gave birth to it. What Kelly Heberly has done many, many times is appeared on television, social media, and in the written form, talking about all things food, drink, and lifestyle, right? That's correct. Okay. I do so my how did this, your, your site is called thesuburbansoapbox.com. So I want people to follow you on social. If they're not following the blog, definitely go there. I have to say, I am a regular user of the blog because what I'll do is, you know how this is. You, you've invited pe- too many people over, even though we're in COVID. So that's four people. And it's Saturday about 4.30. I'm sweaty. I want to make, you know, it look like I know what I'm doing. So I'll hit the blog and there's always something there like a watermelon salad that's a little bit extra. Or in the wintertime, a warm crab dip that makes me look like a superhero. Um, and that you're basically enabling the not-so-kitchen-inclined to entertain and host the people. Yes? Exactly. And I am all about easy. I am lazy. I'm not afraid to admit that. So restaurant recipes that I have found to love, I have found ways to make them at home, but easier and not really like cutting corners with like a lot of canned goods or like mixes. Um, I still make everything pretty much from scratch. I just found some shortcuts to make everything taste amazing and have it as easy as possible. Like no So I think a lot of people who know me know that I put you on TV a ton, right? Yes. Uh, You know, it's been COVID. We've been obsessed with cooking from banana bread to sourdough to everyone having a cocktail about 3.05 p.m. daily. (laughs) Um, I'm assuming that the food blogger industry, not that you're a food blogger, you're a food scientist, but the people that you surround yourselves with they have, they were working, they were not essentially essential workers, but sort of working overtime during this quarantine. Oh, definitely. So I had a like burst of new followers. Um, traffic is at an all time high because everybody's been home and they're cooking and, and they want to put a little more effort into their dinners or their lunches or whatever um because you can't go to a restaurant as easily as you could um a a year ago or six months ago so everyone is trying to duplicate some of their favorite dishes at home and they're searching and searching and searching in the web and going to food blogs for their recipes so i did um do really well during the covid and everyone at quarantine um, with the traffic. So many people were coming and I did retain a lot of new people 
and they're all engaged and they're asking all kinds of questions. So if people have questions, I do take the time to answer them. And I do throw in a few favorites. Like if somebody has a request that they want a healthier tuna noodle casserole, I'll go in my kitchen and I'll try to come up with something that is a much less carby, calorie laden, cream filled, and try to satisfy everyone. So yeah, it's been awesome. It's been really busy. I've been turning out new recipes at least five times a week. So there's something for everyone out there, really. All right. Now we've done a very professional job. I feel like we were very good to the people who are here for the professional side. But I think you know this. I'm a bit of a shit show. And that's really what this podcast is about. All the stuff I'm messing up, the stuff I'm screwing up. Um, and I will begin by telling the world, I didn't realize that when I was baking something recently that I needed to pour, you know, my milk into the liquid measuring cup and my flour into the plastic white cup. I thought a cup is a cup is a cup. And the people of Twitter, they were not having it. Um, so I'm going to say that's the stupidest thing I've done in the kitchen recently like when you, when the people are asking you questions, Kelly, like, and you don't have to, don't name names unless you want to. Um, what's some of the dumb things that people have asked you or dumb things that you've seen people try? Oh my goodness. So a lot of people, when you're thickening a sauce, this is a common, common mistake. A lot of people make like a super stew and they decide they want it to be thick. So they just dump in flour or cornstarch into their super stew to make it thick because flour, cornstarch is a thickening agent. It, you can use it to thicken things or gravy even for that matter. But if you put cornstarch or flour directly into a hot liquid, guess what happens? Tell me. Clumps. It becomes clumps of like gooey, nasty pastiness and I mean, you can't even fish them out because they'll just like the, the boiling from the liquid is like pushing them around and you basically ruined your meal. But that's one of the things that's huge. So you want to add that cornstarch or flour at the beginning when you're like sauteing vegetables or if you add in beef, you want to coat like your beef pieces for your beef stew in that cornstarch. And that's, you start that at the beginning and then you're going to have a nice smooth velvety sauce or stew or soup. Um, and, oh my gosh, the questions that came in this time, it's more, I think a lot of people are just kind of cranky right now. So I've been getting some real doozies um, question wise, but more just like um, angriness over, I think YouTube is the worst with the comments. So they want to see you make the recipe and they want you to talk them through it. They don't want to read over there. And I learned my lesson because I didn't talk through a whole recipe. And the funny fact about that is that recipe has gone on vi gone viral because so many people were angry that I didn't state everything that I had written down in the description. So, so. the, so the YouTube army of haters like made it go viral because they, they hated it so much. Did. Yes. If you go look, at this one recipe and you go down and you look at the comments and there, the majority of them are just angry people because they had to read the recipe instead of just watching me cook it because 
They didn't want to read. They don't like to read. That is crazy. Yeah. So that's my best performing um, video is one where everybody was mad. They're all mad at me. (laughs) Now, what's the one thing other than boozy popsicles that you wish you would have invented? Like, is there some kind of thing that you're like, that is so easy and so good. And I should have invented that. Oh, the caprese salad, Mm. tomato, mozzarella, and basil. It's the combination is fantastic. And I, it's so simple. So I have all these twists on the caprese salad, but I didn't wish I had invented that because it's, it's really like my favorite thing to eat in the summer. It's so simple. And it has like all the components that you want in a dish, some zestiness, some sweetness, a little creaminess from the cheese. And then you can kind of like put twists on it to make it your own. You can add pesto or you can add balsamic or you can just drizzle it with olive oil or put on some chopped nuts. Like there's so many things that you can do with it. And I got a little bit addicted to the truffled burrata. Oh, that is so good. With some sea salt and the Campari tomatoes over COVID quarantine. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, with my job, I was able to go to the grocery store at like seven o'clock in the morning on Tuesday, right? Because we were like basically in the back of a, of a grocery store every day. If they didn't have that damn truffled burrata, I'm like, what kind of a grocery store is this? <laughs> right. that then, you know, is- you feel like so sophisticated, old world, elegant. I'm like, I, what do you eat? I eat truffled burrata. Right. <laughs> it's so good though. It's, it's, have, you should put it in between um, two slices of crusty bread and make a grilled cheese with it. Yeah. And like dip it in your favorite, like a tomato bisque or a tomato soup. That's like so, 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 so good. And that okay. the burrata gets like so oozy. Like yeah. it's like a food pornish grilled cheese when you pull it apart. Well, I've got to do that when the kids aren't here because the kids sort of were looking at the burrata and I'm like, you're that like when I was a kid, my mom used to hide a box of peanut brittle underneath her like pillow. And that was like her midnight snack. And we were not allowed near that peanut brittle. And then once I figured out that I was like, I could house and peanut brittle isn't really a thing anymore, right? Not really. We can make it a thing. (laughs) We can make it a thing. Um, Okay. So a lot of people always say like, how did Kelly get started? And I've heard the story a couple times, but for people who don't know, um, this whole food empire that you reign over was sort of an accidental success, correct? That's correct. So it was, we call it a happy accident. So the blog was intentional. Um, I was working a corporate job and I decided to start a blog, kind of like a mommy blog where I was going to do reviews of like our stroller and the car seat and make baby food. and the people I worked with were looking for recipes and mainly like the recipes that I had taken leftovers to work. They'd smell them heating up in the microwave and then they'd come by my desk and be like, what are you eating? So I was always sending out recipes via our corporate email to coworkers. And so I had this blog that I wasn't really active with and I had like just a couple posts out there about things mom related. 
So I was like, I'm going to put a couple recipes out here and then I'll just send you guys the link and you can just go check it out at your leisure. So I started putting the recipes out there and I noticed that I was getting other views. Like, cause before it was like my mom and my best friend and like a couple <laughs> coworkers. So I would have like 10 views a day. And then right. I started having like 50 views a day and then a hundred. And I was like, well, I'm not sharing this with anybody. And I didn't know much about, um, blogs and social media marketing was just starting to kind of ramp up. There was like the Facebook, which was before Facebook, before they dropped the, and, um, Twitter really, I think were the only two, um, social media things that were like bubbling up. Pinterest was really new. So I started just dabbling in the social media area to kind of like promote it a little bit more. And lo and behold, it just kind of took off. So I improved my photography and learned everything I could about social media. And then I happened to work in marketing, but it was more direct mail marketing at the time. And we were also just starting to learn about social media. So I just put the wheels in motion at that point and then made it intentional. Like this was my goal was to make money off of this website and kind of posted things just to see what was like throwing darts and seeing what stuck. So recipes were really what people were looking for. And I was, I know how to cook. So I just thought I'd start sharing some of my favorite things and a few like, not so favorite things with a twist, like a lot of comfort food and desserts and everything easy. So I feel like yeah. the easier my recipe is, the better it does. If nobody has time and I was working corporate, I didn't have time to go home and make like braised lamb chops and like yeah. some fancy dessert. I wanted to go home and get dinner on the table as quickly as possible without making a big giant mess in the kitchen. So what's your number one most popular recipe on the site? So number one of all time is just a baked chicken breast. And it's what? just chicken breast that has all that seasoning on it. And I put a little pat of butter on top and you bake it in the oven. And that is the most popular. That is my moneymaker. That's the one that everyone loves. And then I have a basil pesto and an orange marmalade, both which do very, very well. Um, simple staples, uh, not all, I never thought in a million years when I made orange marmalade that it would be so popular. Wait, but, you're making it from scratch. Oh yes. It's easy. It's like three ingredients. All right. I'm, I'm listening. What the hell is in your orange marmalade? Oranges, sugar, a little bit of water. I put vanilla, just a little bit of vanilla in there. And that's pretty much all it is. So wait. You have a lot of stuff with sugar in it. Um, many people probably don't know that you used to be in the, the fitness industry, personal yeah. trainer, right? I was. And so <laughs> sugar is like, I'm a sugar addict and I believe everything in moderation. Um, you can enjoy everything in moderation. So I do have a lot of sugar in there. It's fine to pull back. It's not an integral ingredient unless you're making like a cake or something very specific. Or orange marmalade. 
or orange marmalade. You do need a lot of sugar in that. But again, you can enjoy your orange marmalade like in a savory sense. So I like to glaze a chicken and like roast it with the orange okay. like under the skin. It gives it like a lot of nice flavor. And you're not using a ton of it. You're using maybe three or four tablespoons. So I love that. that over your whole family and you're not really consuming a lot of sugar. So, okay. You have a little guy. Landon is just turned eight. Nine. He's nine oh. now. Isn't that He's crazy? Very old. What, what is the one thing that you make he will not eat? <laughs> Probably like 80% of the stuff that I make. He, it's really hard to get him to eat. Um, Right now, today I made shrimp, and he's not going to touch that with a 10-foot pole. He will not go Because, like, you it. wake up in the morning, and because cooking's your job, you have to start cooking at, like, 9 o'clock in the morning to have the picture ready by, like, 2 or 3 in the afternoon, right? Yes, pretty much. I have to be done shooting by 2.30 for the light because I shoot with natural light. Um, if I lose the day, then it's the pictures will be terrible, and I'll have to reshoot. So I do try to, like, start – I'll get up in the morning and I'll work out and then I have a plan for the day. So I try to shoot three to four recipes and I'll have everything ready to go by like 10 o'clock in the morning and then I'll start cooking and I have to be done cooking by like noon or 1230 in order to shoot everything before two. And then who's eating all this food? So sometimes we eat it for dinner. A lot of times I give it to the neighbors like I just packed everything up that I ate that I made today to take over to the neighbors later today. Do they and love it? Yeah, they do. Because a lot of times that's their dinner and they all work too. So, and then I'm not wasting a ton of food. Some of it I'll keep, but most of it I have to offload and I'm tasting it all day to make sure it doesn't, it's not terrible. And by the time dinner comes, that's the last thing I want to eat is what I've been tasting right. all day long. That is crazy. All right. Talk to me about food science and booze. I mean, we're going to go straight into summer now. And I know it was funny because I was with one of our friends, Eddie Ross, right? Yes. He did. Yeah. Love, he's love a, Eddie. <laughs> if you don't know Eddie, he's like a great, he basically does editorial shoots for like Martha Stewart, House Beautiful, Better Homes and Gardens. He's like the fanciest, cutest guy, Connecticut through and through. But anyway, he had made this like, he took like the, you know, the, um, the pot, the, uh, ice cube trays that people use for whiskey. So they're big ice cube yes, you know, the openings, big... basically. Yes. Yeah. And then put rosé in there and froze rosé in there and used that square ice cube in a glass of rosé to make like a melty frosé kind of thing. That you're not watering down your rosé. Yeah. He's yeah. very smart. So. And... we wicked smart. <laughs> okay. But wait. So if I can't freeze vodka easily, what do you like? So I, you can fruit freeze vodka. You just need to dilute it down with some other liquid. So you can use vodka for like a vodka slush, um, but you're not going to be able to freeze it solid into like a popsicle. So the thing is you can use um, rum. Rum is... Not, I don't want to say freezer friendly because it's still kind of slushy, but if you, you don't have to dilute it as much as you would vodka. 
Yeah, and, I like this information. Yeah. So I have made mojito popsicles. Um, anything with alcohol in it, though, is going to melt quickly. So you're going to need to, like, eat your popsicle very, very, very fast. Yeah. Um, so the mojito popsicles have fruit in them. They're blueberries. And then they have, like, the club soda and the rum. And I make everything in the blender, so I just make like a slushy in the blender with the, the ingredients, and then I pour it into a popsicle mold. And they do freeze solid, but again, they melt like super, super quickly. So wait, um, couldn't I put like Blendy, maybe put it in like, I don't know, one of those like the, the square things we were talking about? Yes, you definitely more of like a drink and like put that in like more vodka. Yes. Yeah, so you know what you could do is you could... Here, we're just coming up with something now. You could actually blend like fruit together with your alcohol and pour it into the ice cube tray. And then maybe a, a little bit of liquid, not water, but maybe something flavorful, like a juice or something. But the fruit and then that little bit of juice along with the alcohol, like the rum. Yeah. Um, uh, Prosecco freezes really, really well. It's like the really? rosé because the rosé freezes. So you could use a Prosecco. You can use champagne. Um, all of that freezes really well. Because the one thing that I've been doing is I, I, you know, I'm a really good produce destroyer. I think a lot <laughs> of people are. Everyone, I always, I've been seeing a lot of memes like, I rescued the bag of lettuce from the, um, you know, the grocery store because I wanted it to die in a new home. My yes. fridge, right? In my refrigerator, yes. So the stuff that I cleaned out today was like embarrassing. Well, I always buy two family packs of watermelon every weekend now because, so just so everyone knows, over Christmas time, I made a trifle that I, I learned how to make with Kelly. And so like, if you saw me between like November 10th and I would say February 1st of this year, I, pro I, like, I went to Target. I bought little jars to like do mini ones. I brought them to South Philadelphia and gave it to like the guys that own a, a deli. They thought it was my thing. And then there was one girlfriend and she was like, if I see another thing of this again. So my new thing is, and people are still asking for it, Kelly. I do your watermelon, blueberry, mint, feta, cucumber salad. And the, the grownups love it. The kids love it. I don't use the dressing anymore because I get drunk and I forget the dressing. So <laughs> now I'm like, oh, I choose not to do the dressing. But what I do, and, and then I have like 32 packs of, um, watermelon leftover because you think I would know the recipe by now, right? You don't need that much. But what I do do with the watermelon is I have my child labor, AKA my 10 year old daughter, blend it in the Ninja slushy machine, this watermelon, it turns into watermelon juice slushy, right? Then I blend that with vodka, tequila, jalapeno, or mint. That's awesome. It's a nice item. I that wonder is... if I could freeze that. If I did half the watermelon slushy, half vodka or tequila in those little cubes, we're getting somewhere. Yes. I think that's a brilliant idea. And you know, mint, I... if you've planted mint, like I have a little thing. It has mint, basil, and rosemary. Mint is like, you know, she's that sorority girl you don't want to have. Her shit is all over the place. You are always talking about her. It's her place and no one else lives there because like the, the mint is like, yo, I got 14 outfits, 
poor Basil is just sitting there all by itself trying to right? grow. Rosemary's <laughs> trying to be like, hey, razzle dazzle, I'll grow a little bit. But Mint is like freaking Priscilla. And yes. Priscilla will not be, you know, she is going to own that fraternity house, sorority yeah. house. So anyway, I have more Mint. That like the people from York Peppermint Patty, they I should get in touch with them because I could I think I could mint their entire factory right now. However, so did you just plant your mint? I'm making this mint watermelon drink. Well, there you go. So that's just a thing you need, like things to take care of your mint. I have the same mint problem, so my mint is growing in my lawn because oh. I didn't when I planted it in our herb garden, I didn't contain it. So you really should just plant it in the pot in the ground so it doesn't take off on you. But instead I planted the little bit in the ground like six or seven years ago and it has now stretched like six feet in every direction. It's like now part of the lawn. Do you now have like a mint putting green or something back there? I could very well. Like when they mow the lawn, that section of the yard smells like a stick of gum. It's very minty. So I will have to make your concoction with the mint and put it in the ice cube trays and try that out because I think that's brilliant. I really? also have the Prosecco and pineapple that I have. I just put frozen pineapple and Prosecco in a blender and make a slush in like two minutes. And it's something that you can keep on hand all the time and then like impress your guests. Like, hey, you stopped by five minutes ago and I whipped this up for you. Yeah. I also think like with COVID, we need new things to drink because <laughs> people got tired of red wine like March 22nd, right? All yeah. my friends were like, I'm sick of wine. And you <laughs> know, I think I was the only one working during the day. So I was like, how can you be sick of wine? And they're like, well, we had some on a Zoom call at 11.15. I'm like, A.M.? And they're like, yeah, well, homeschooling was going rough. So we opened up, a, we cracked that bottle. Oh my gosh. I was not that person. I also was working. So but I had to I stay. got mad at the people working in my neighborhood. Did you get mad at them? A little or bit. Drinking? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they're out there. I'm like in the kitchen or in the office, like working all day. And they're out there with like the red solo cup already. Yes. Or yeah. not their swell bottle or whatever their hydro flask like filled to the brim with like whatever their concoction was of the day i agree all right so let's talk low carb snack by the pool while i'm drinking my watermelon mint vodka slushy concoction <laughs> um i can't have the watermelon salad because people already know i'm doing it we can't do the caprese salad because it'll melt and get ugh. oh yeah that cheese what, what kind of little snacky snack do you have for us out there while we're living our best lifestyle? So my new thing lately, and I love them and they're not on the, the website yet, is zucchini. Yeah. So you're going to slice it lengthwise. So instead of like short little round like chips, you're going to slice it long and thin. And then you can take like that borsan cheese or like goat cheese with like herbs in it and spread it on the top and then roll it up. And you can do it raw. You can also grill your zucchini if you want, but you can do it raw. And then it's just like a refreshing little snack. So now, like, is it super thin like a mandolin or yeah, is it like I like, can slice it? No, you could slice it with a knife. I wouldn't go super thin because it could just like especially the raw zucchini can get weird and like fall apart. 
Um, so it's maybe like a quarter of an inch thick. Yep. And then you just roll it up like a, it. a pinwheel. So that's really easy and that's awesome. And if you get the Borsan cheese, it's literally like two ingredients. Um, I don't know. I've just been eating like, um, like slices of watermelon and fresh peaches, but I did find the seasoning and you and I had talked about this before the mango with the, um, chili powder on it. Yeah. You had it in Mexico. That's an awesome, awesome snack too. So you could do like papaya or mango or kiwi fruit and just put a little bit of chili powder and some sea salt if you'd like on there. And that's like an awesome snack. Papaya is also good with lime juice and, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, cayenne, like the powdery cayenne, yes. uh, which feels weird until you do it. And then you're yeah. like, I'm a genius. But that's yeah. like, they call that LA street fruit, right? They do that in carts in LA. Yes, totally. And I think that a lot of people are, don't even know about it. So it's definitely something that like everyone's shocked when you're like, here, try this spicy mango. And they're like, what did you put on it? And everyone's like, ew. And then they eat it and it's like a revelation. Yeah. All right. We're, we're going to wrap up soon, but here is one last thing I think that we should discuss because you've seen this many times and um, I think it's ready for me to, you know, reveal my feelings about dogs. <laughs> the dogs. Um, I will say this. A long time ago, and I still am fearful of other people's dogs, unless they're like below the knee. If they're below the knee, then I don't mind them so much. But those are the ones that'll get you by surprise too. So I don't know. I'm going to backtrack there. I was never a dog person. You know that. Yep. We got a dog for the family and the first dog wasn't around very long. Um, Cooper is going to be here forever. Yeah. Cooper's um, a very yappy, barky, <laughs> in my facey kind of a doggy. He loves you. He does. I am afraid of Cooper. Seven <laughs> and then you had another dog, but that dog went away. That dog and went away. I mean, lots of dogs, lots of things. Like, what, when you have people in your home, how do you make them not afraid of your dog? Like, I will say I've gotten used to your dog, but mm -hmm. I'm still afraid of Cooper. Uh, you shouldn't be afraid of Cooper. He loves when you come around. Hmm. When they come over, though, I generally will just hold him and not let him jump until he gets used to it. I mean, within, the, within two minutes, you're like old news. Anyone that comes in the house, once you're he lying. sees you... You're, you're, I would say seven to 19 minutes. <laughs> it's pretty quick. It's not, it's not 19 minutes. But he's like over, he's just like, okay, I'm going to go back to my nap now because he's getting old. So bottom line, I'm terrified of dogs. I'm trying to get through it and I'm <laughs> hoping that Cooper can get me through it at one point. Okay. And then this is the real last, last thing. Okay. I know that when I go to your kitchen, you, you've turned me on to like Mike's hot honey, the truffle hot sauce, my favorite ingredient, smoked paprika. Yes. What is the number one ingredient that people don't have it like a freaky weird ingredient? Number one weird thing that people don't have in their kitchen that the Suburban Soapbox says we need in our pantry, kitchen, fridge, whatever. Truffle butter. Oh. Yes. And you can pretty much get it anywhere. Really? Um, 
So truffle butter, you can find it white truffles or black truffles, but this is like my new thing lately. I made truffle, Parmesan truffle fries the other day. And instead of using truffle oil, which a lot of times truffle oil is a synthetic um, truffle flavor, and it can be nasty. I'm not a fan of truffle oil at all. And you can taste it. Like if you go somewhere and you get the truffle fries, you can taste whether they're using like real truffles or like fake truffles. So truffle butter is always, always real truffle in there. And you can see the little flecks of it like in the butter. And it's kind of spendy. Like it's, it's like a four ounce container is probably between 11 and $15. But it, that flavor goes so far. So you can use it for French fries. So what I'll do is melt it and then toss finished French fries, like ones that were already fried or baked. I'll toss that in the butter and then we just eat them very quickly. Like Yes, of course. Ridiculously quickly. It's amazing on popcorn. You can use it in your scrambled eggs. You can spread it on a piece of toast before you put your avocado on there for your morning avocado toast. It's so ridiculously versatile. It's great for like, if you're going to make hash browns, like put a little truffle butter in there. And because the flavor is so pronounced, you only need a little bit. So that four ounces of truffle butter is going to last forever. Highly recommend. I love it. All right. This is what you get. You get the whole Kelly Hemmerly thesuburbansoapbox.com, booze popsicles, advanced avocado toast, how to get through a nightmare dog visitation situation. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, follow her on social and tell your friends to follow America's Best Friend because you know what? I need more damn friends. Bye, guys. This is a Forking Around Town with Tracy Guida Quick Fix on Radio Influence. National Hot Dog Day falls on July 22nd. Now, I didn't get to watch the Nathan's Hot Dog competition on the 4th of July. It was one of the first years I missed it, but I heard it was good and Joey Chestnut won again. But Nathan's Hot Dogs are definitely my favorite. I will be featuring some different things on social media for National Hot Dog Day with Nathan's and of course, some other products as well. But Nathan's, you guys can follow them at Original Nathan's on Instagram. And it's really cool because they've been around since 1916. So they're definitely one of those just iconic hot dog brands. They're my absolute favorite. Whenever I, you know, go to the store to purchase hot dogs, they're always on my list. And I've got some really fun hot dog recipes that I will be sharing with you guys on my Instagram as well as on my blog. And hopefully a couple of giveaways for some really cool stuff. Forking Around Town with Tracy Guida can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.